I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coaches across the country used the coach pad this past season to be more efficient with their scout card prep on the weekends as well as when out on the practice field working with their scout teams. Whether you're a coach using a computer program to create cards or drawing them by hand, the coach pad is for you. Never printing paper or stuffing a binder, clearly seeing scout cards outdoors in the bright sun, and using the coach pad on game days, syncing diagrams from the press box to the sideline were some of the features coaches enjoyed this season. This offseason, get your coach pad at thecoachpad.com to get your program ready for next season, thecoachpad.com. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Gap Down Backer podcast. Uh, today we have the offense coordinator and O-line coach at Sherryland Pioneer High School, uh, Coach David Duty, Coach, how you doing? Good. How are you? Doing good. I, I appreciate coming on. Like I said, we 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 talked a little bit before we got started, and um, like I said, we have some mutual friends, and um, kind of just to get started. I mean, how did you end up as the at uh, Sherryland Pioneer? Well, um, the the head coach there and I um, were both in in our early days he he worked for another guy that was a wing t uh base wing t guy and uh, i worked also for for uh, I, I coached the wing t for 11 years uh, two at hidalgo and nine at at, uh, at psj memorial and uh he he, he grew up with, with wing t as, as his base and i kind of went the wing t base uh we coached against each other many times uh when he was at edinburgh high and and I was at PSJ Memorial and even at PSJ North um, when I worked there for Bruce Bush. And, and uh, so we've known each other and his offensive coordinator uh, retired and him and I have been talking for a couple of years about hooking up together. And, and uh, so whenever I, I left Brownsville Veterans, uh, I was, you know, looking to move back home. I was, me and my son were living in a trailer. I, I went to go work for, for uh, Kelly Lee there at, 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 Brownsville veterans and and uh, when I was you know me and my wife made up our mind we were not going to live apart anymore because it was hard for us we were living uh, I was living there trailer during the week and then driving back home and and uh, that was too much for her us to be for her brand away from her son because my son was there with me as well um, and so we decided to move back together and and so whenever Brownsville wasn't wasn't an option anymore we we moved back here and I was looking for a job and 
and luckily, uh, uh, Eddie Galindo there at Pioneer hired me, and and so uh, it's been a good match with us. You know, we went we went uh, ten and three this year, and we were the the co-district champs, and we we're the number one seed, and won a playoff game, lost in the second round to a pretty good football team, but but uh, uh, yeah, it's it's been it's been uh, uh, interesting going back to the spread. I had I'd coached it before. When I was a head coach, we ran the spread, and and uh, whenever I was, uh, you know, worked for a guy there at PSG North, his one year, and 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 then, uh, so then I I I was back with with uh, with uh, there at, at running the spread in, in Hidalgo, and then and then when I I left there, I came to PSG Southwest, and we ran the spread the first year there, and then and then uh, then we we couldn't win. I mean, it was a school that. We couldn't win, so we went to the Flexbone, and then, and then uh, we were, I went with Kelly Lee there at Flexbone, and then when I came back home, uh, uh, Coach Eddie Galindo hired me there at Pioneer, and and uh, I had a I had a good time uh, coaching it this year. Uh, you know, you do a lot more pass protection stuff than than I had doing with the Flexbone, and that's been fun. I I I learned I learned my pass protection, believe it or not, from from guys that are, that are pretty well known in the, in the spread world is, is Jerry Bird. He was offensive coordinator there at, at Lake Travis. The very first time they won a sta- state championship, uh, he was working for Jeff Dykus and he was his offensive coordinator uh, there at Lake Travis. Well, I learned that from him. When we got hired at PSJ Memorial, I came with the head coach from Hidalgo, went over there and, and we kind of, we kind of meshed our two s- situations together in his passing game with our run game. And, and uh, so I learned a lot of pass protection from him and, and Walter Patterson. And, uh, and I, you know, we, we kind of came up with a blitz drill and uh, where we, we chart out the blitzes that everybody runs and we spend, you know, uh, about three to four periods a day, Monday and Tuesday, just picking up blitzes. And, and uh, so that was fun to go back to that, to my world of, of breaking down the blitzes and 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 uh, picking that stuff up because in the in the in the wing T world, uh, in the wing T world you don't spend as much and, and in the flex zone you don't spend as much time with the pass uh, pass protection but but that's been fun going back into the, doing my blitz drill and and uh, that's been fun I, I like I like playing around with every people what what blitzes they run at you and and trying to pick them up and trying to make it a little harder. Uh, so it's been fun. Uh, been there with with Coach Galindo there with Pioneer. Now, have how much have you taken from? I mean, you've obviously spent the past five years in the flexbone world, um, learn it from a variety of people, including Kylie, spending some time talking to the Harding guys. Um, how is has that altered, or have you brought anything with you from that to your spread? What you're doing now, spread wise? Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, you know Kelly Lee. I, I mean, one of the smartest football coaches. I've I've worked for a guy that's in a that's worked that's that is a Texas high school Hall of Famer, uh, Bruce Bush, and and Kelly Lee is is a sharp cookie man. You I know you've had him on the cast. I've I've watched him on your on your podcast before. And if yeah, whenever you can steal from smart, because I I'm damn near stupid. I'll tell everybody in the world. Uh, you know, I, I I'm not stupid, but I live in the same neighborhood. Okay, I've got I've got a house that, that we pay the same taxes and <laughs> being stupid. So I steal a lot and I stole a lot of things from him. And it's and a lot of it was was attitude. A lot of a lot of things that I stole from him was was his his, his one that made a made a lot of stick to me. And my head coach loved it, too. And 
and we've adopted it. It is his one of his his pillars is finish. And one of my deals that I stole from Kelly Lee is drive for five. And I try to inst in, 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 ingrain that into my players that if you're driving for five seconds, there's no way that guy that you're assigned to is making the tackle. And if the kids know, you know, we watch the film and I said, what's wrong with this? Yeah, I don't drive for five coach or he gets off the box. Yeah. So you get that ingrained in their kids. You drive for five. Yeah. Uh, down blocks, you know, uh, what's the biggest heart? What's the biggest hardest problem whenever you run a down block? your gap down is whenever you don't whenever they penetrate and they beat you inside well you know whenever whenever i, I stole another thing from is, is bite the belt bite bite the belt buckle that means you got to have your head in front you got to have your head in front or you're not gonna you're not gonna stop the penetration and uh so yeah you you steal a bunch of stuff from from him uh, you know down blocks i'm a big believer in is you're not going to down block anybody unless you get that first step in the ground and you're coming down that 45. And if you're not doing that, and I stole that from him and I stole that a drill from his old offensive line coach. And that's one of the drills you probably saw yeah. uh, in, in, on, on Twitter that got blew up, blown up is, is, uh, you know, I had, you know, 8,500 uh, 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 views just watching a down block, a simple down block running down uh, boards, but it's a, you know, there was a big old conversation on there, you know, about, well, you're going to get beat over the top. Well, we don't really care because if we're going to, if you're going to beat us over the top, then we're going to run another, run another play and, and you're going to have a hard time beating us. So uh, yeah, I, some things that I, I, I stole some things that, that you can use in the spread. And, and, you know, um, when I first got there, they, you know, spread guys, they, they don't really like to block with a pad level that I have enjoyed you know, when blocking the wing tee or mm -hmm. in the flex bone. And the, they, they want to block if, like if they're at Alabama. You know, if I had six, eight, 355 pound guys that could do jump rope with any little, little girls in New York City, then yeah, I, I, would, I would be able to block that way. But we can't. We don't have the, we don't have the luxury of having those big old dudes. So yeah, we run the spread, but, but we got to have some pad level. We gotta, we've got to play lower. Because if we don't, we're going to get blown up. We're not, we're not huge on the offensive line. So, so yeah, uh, when I got there, they all wanted to stand up and, and block with their hands. And I said, guys, we're not big enough to do that. We're not big enough and strong enough to do that. And, uh, you know, this is the first time at this school where they've had – our, our quarterback ran for 1,000 yards and our running back ran for, for 1,500. And, and so that's the first time they ever did. And, and – the guy who does our film at Pioneer is like, hey, Eddie, uh, told Eddie, I said, Eddie, that you ran the ball 40 times. And he goes, that's never happened in, in, in your career there at Pioneer. And he says, well, it, 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 it has something to do with our, with, our, with our offensive line coming off the ball. And we got a pretty good little running back. I mean, our, our running back is, is 5'11", 192 pounds. And, and he's, he's a good-looking athlete, strong, uh, power clean, 280 as a freshman. And so uh, uh, I knew we had him in the backfield, so we had to we had to we had to come off the ball and, and make some things happen. And and I think I brought you know some things that I learned from Kelly uh, in that flexbone world to the to the spread, and and we got after it. You know I think our offensive line played played you know not perfect, but we played pretty good and and got better. And and uh, the kids you know started listening to us, and and we did we did okay running the football and that. And that helped us close out games. I know our defensive coaches were happy that 
that we could run the ball a little better and kill some of that clock, you know. And uh, so, so yeah, that, if, you, if you say that I, I took some things from the flex to the to spread, absolutely I did. And and uh, and uh, so, but yeah, I, I think I did. Now, perfect, coach. Like it's, it's, I mean, yeah, I think there's to your point, like the pad level is a little different, and and especially a lot of times, I think flex bone teams typically have smaller linemen in part because they want kids that can move. I think that's right. Part. Their part of it is, let's be honest, most of the schools that run the flex mode are typically historically not the best best school in that league. Not historically. That's that always true now. But, I mean, like I said, so you got to adapt to your personnel and do a good job. Now, now with that, like, from from a flex bone drill-wise or uh, or option drill-wise, however you want to word it, wing T option, the, the under center word, the physicalness, um, where do you where like I've watched, obviously watched your clinic and I've talked to Kelly a lot, but um, where do you kind of start day one, especially especially with a group that you've not had before? Okay, it, it happened this year, and and we they didn't have spring football, and I didn't I I had to finish my contract over there in June, and I had to go all the way to like June tenth. So my first day with the kids, you know, in Texas, they give us that one hour of, of, of a day in, in, the, in, the, in the summer. So we can work uh, uh, sports specific. So we can have the pads on that. We can't have sleds or we can't have helmets or other there. So basically my, my first, you know, till 4th of July, I was there every day for an hour. And we rarely got to, together with, with the receivers. But I was, you know, I was talking about our pad level and, and I had the pads out there and I was, I was hitting the pads and, you know, we're kicking out on our counters and we, you know, I'm a big believer of you, you, you've got to, you've got to understand attacking the line of scrimmage on your counters. It's just like running a belly. You know, if you're, if you're, if you're coming down the line of scrimmage, you're going to get beat. You got, you've got to attack that line of scrimmage when you're coming down. I, you know, I pull the boards out there. I pulled the cage out there and, and I'm working it you know, from the get-go. And now we're working, you know, our zone drills because we run zone right, zone left. And uh, and the, another thing is that I wanted to mention as I started, I was, you got me talking about this, is I actually took some pod work that I learned with Coach uh, Lee to our counter. And because we run a counter with, with Kelly and, and we actually work it where I, I work a drill, a half line, where I'm working with a center and the guard and the tackle center blocks back on a pad, the guard will kick and the, and the, and the tackle will seal. So sometimes they squeeze and we've got to log him. The tackle's got to be around. And so we would pod our counter for two periods a, a week. And, and that they had never done that before. They, they had never done it before. The coach, I told him, I said, you know, we want to get better at counter, let's, let's pod it up. And we did. And we potted it up and we go right and left. And, and we did that for two periods. And then we went with our power our power drill where, you know, when you work with, when you work in the flex mode, you don't care what people run because you, you work against everything. You work against a shade, a one, two or three. It, it doesn't matter to them. It doesn't matter to them. It doesn't care because you're going to rep it every time in that pod because you're getting reps and reps and reps and reps. Well, I told him, I said, let's, let's, let's do that with our power. And what we would do with our power is we, we, we ran a pod, but it was, I would put, all the defenses that you could run against us, 
and now they've got to face it. They've got to, they've got to see it. And we do it in a, in a fast pace. And I do it with my varsity, my JV, my, my varsity A, my varsity B, my JVA, my JVB. They all get reps. If the first guy's going, the last guys are holding the shields and they switch out and, they run, and we go speed, you know, five seconds. And now they know, and then we change the defense. And we pot it up where all those kids are getting reps and reps. And for in four periods, we've worked every defense that you can run against us and counter. You've worked every defense that we can run in on our power. And we get those two knocked out in four periods a week. And it worked out, worked out real good for us. And of course, that's what I learned from, from, the, from the flex bone. And, you know, we, 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 we had two 1,000-yard rushers. We never had that at the school. That's the first time I've ever had it. And so uh, and, and we were district champs, and, and we are the number one seed. And we ran the ball, people, and, and we had some success in it. And so, yeah, there's some other things that I took from them. Is that flex bone world is, is potting out on some of our offensive run game. And that worked out real good for us, and, and uh, we were successful with that. Okay. Now, now with that, like – I, I'm always curious because, like I said, I've talked to over the past couple weeks wishbone guys, split back veer guys. I, I've talked to an obscene amount of flexbone guys over the years, and you've kind of talked to the Harding people, helped camps. You've coached in the slot T, the wing T, the flexbone. What parts do you think? Like I'm gonna word it this way: details that might get missed O line wise, especially by newer option guys. I'll work that way. What details do you think might get overmit? It could be a specific play in general. Like what details do you think maybe get overlooked? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. See details. Um, Okay. You know, I, I, I'm a big, I'm a big believer in, if you talk about the flex bone, um, what, what I love is, is if, if you've ever been around Kevin Chisholm and, and if you watch, if you really watch his line, I mean, everybody wants to watch the quarterback and the fullback, everybody that, but if you really watch his offensive line, how they can get up to second level without losing their vertical path and is, is amazing. To, to me is because they get up on second level and it, and it's, you know, I, I talked to our linebackers on our, that are on our defense and when I was there at, working with it. And they said that it's just like a minefield playing linebacker going against the flex mode is like a minefield because they feel like they've adjusted. They, they beat one lineman and now the next lineman is blowing him up. But if you don't blow him up, now you run that, you're running the, the arc of the, of the slot. And now the slot they beat the tackle. They thought, that, oh, and now the slots sealed them inside. Now they pitched the ball outside. 
And so I talked to them. I would say that the young offensive line coaches, especially in the flex bone, is if you can really teach that 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 beard drill and do it right where you have that pigeon toe. If you listen to Kevin and you listen to his videos, that pigeon toe, that that hand trade, uh, getting vertical up on, on linebackers, because that's that's the key is that the down lineman, we're going to read one and, and option two and block number three. And if we can take care of that linebacker, that inside linebacker, because you're getting vertical and you block that inside linebacker with your tackle and your slot can, can climb to safety, I mean, you're one-on-one -on -one blocking with a corner. You know, yeah, that's what you're doing is, is, is I mean, it's, it's math. It is, is my 10 guys are going to block your nine guys because I'm not going to block two of them. I'm not going to block two of them. I'm, I'm going to read one of them. I'm going to option the second one. I'm going to block your third one. And so if, if you can teach your guys to get up on that second level and wall those guys off, that vertical veer, because it's not easy to teach. I mean, you saw my, 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 my Twitter videos is, is you got to teach that vertical veer to get on those linebackers and not, and not lose, not let them crush you down. And, and, and then that linebacker can climb over the top and now you don't have an angle to get to that safety. And uh, uh, I would say that is, is you're working your vertical veers to get up on, on linebackers, uh, have a toolbox, you know, let's say you're, you're, you can't get there on a veer, then you're going to loop what we call as a loop and you're going to take the outside path. We're still going to read that guy. It's going to be a quicker read by the quarterback, but you're still going to loop. And now you can load that inside linebacker and, and wall him off and you're still getting the same numbers on your outside. So if I would, if I would have a, I would tell a young offensive line coach is, is spend time working on your, your vertical veers, getting up on linebackers, um, your, your double teams, you know, uh, double the trouble is if, if Kelly's ever, you've ever listened to Kelly, you know, he's talking about double the trouble, you know, those, those guys on defense get coached too, you know, and, and they try to split you. They try to give you that side shoulder. Well, you get shoulder, shoulder, butt to butt, and you're into their legs and you're, and you're using that outside flipper and you're double teaming that guy. And you're not coming off the ground. You're not coming off the ground more than two and a half feet off the ground. And you practice it. You know, uh, uh, Brownsville Vets, you know, the last year I was there with them. And, and this year when they made it to the semis, their center's 5'8", 160 pounds. And he's playing in the semifinals at center. You know, that's that, that you can, you know, don't tell me you can't, you can't teach a kid to play with technique and play at a high level uh, if you teach him technique. And, 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 the, and the kid's got to be willing to, to to work on his technique. He's got to have that desire to do well. And, and you got kids, you can make those kids, you know, I don't, don't have a, don't have a, a picture where this is the kind of offensive line I want to have. It, you know, if you can take a kid that has desire and, and wants to learn technique, and even if he's not big enough, don't just frame, you know, you're not, you're not big enough. Well, Take some of those kids that don't have that the, all the intangibles that that uh, that that colleges want, but you can make high school kids play at a high level if you just just find them and work them and and they'll get after it. And it's it's funny how how those kids you know usually have more desire than the big kids. They have more desire to play because they got more to prove, and and they they get after it. And and I would say, you know, find those kids that have that desire that they want to do it, and you can find a way to get them coached if if you work hard enough at it. Um, you know, uh, young offensive line coaches, you know, uh, um, 
find a guy that, that you can learn from and, and steal from him because I think every good coach is a, is a thief. You know, I, I stole everything from, from Kevin Chisholm and, and I learned anything I could from, from coach Lee and, and, and Bruce Bush, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, how to, how to evaluate running backs. You know, when I first got to, to pioneer and then we got a running back there and it was just a freshman when I first got there and he's a sophomore. And that's one of that kid that, that ran for 1400 yards this year. And, you know, he has all the intangibles and, and uh, you know, you, you, you find those kids and, and, and just, you know, you don't have to have the perfect bodies to, to coach them. If they've, they've got desire, you can make them happen. Yeah. No, you're hundred percent right. And like I said, I think that's the, I don't know if that's the MO of almost MO of under some of the under center wing T flex bone teams is that they have undersized kids that are just going to grind really hard and work really hard and do what you need them to do. And they find a way to get done. Um, we joke around here. I mean, they're a spread team now, but they were a long time. We team team typically new high school. They had, I mean, like all their offensive linemen are five, eight, like 185 and they've been in the state semifinals the past years because their kids just are extremely coachable, work really hard and do what they're coached. Like, I mean, that's, that's the nomenclature of a good um, offensive lineman. Now, now with, I have a question cause you obviously flex bone and option teams don't pull as much as say a normal gap scheme team. I'll phrase it that mm-hmm. way. It's a little different. And I think spread teams are starting to pull more because they realize not everybody can run inside zone. Um, so counters become a lot more kind of like you've mentioned, you guys run a lot of counter this year. Counter has become kind of the it play for spread teams. How do you, for your flexbone teams, how do you teach counter? I'm mean, not counter your, your pulls, because obviously there's 18 different ways to pull at this point, shuffle pulling, skip pulling, open pulling, check pull like there's how do you like when you try to run trap or your counter how are you teaching the pulls to your guards okay let, let's let, let, let's start with with the trap let's say we're going to run a trap is is let's start with with the guard or the tackle what i want to tell them to do is i want you to replace the ball and so my center is going to block backside is i'm going to take a clear step and now I want to climb the line of scrimmage and I want to replace that ball. I want, I want my midline to, from, from, from my midline, I'm going to say that midline. I, I, I think all my <laughs> offensive linemen that are watching this, I have a different way to explain that to them, but I'm not going to do it here. Is replace that ball. Is you want to replace that ball and you want to, you, you want to get, you want to run over where that ball is. Okay, that's a trap pull. Tackles, I want the same angle. I want them to to take a clear step and then I want them to climb the line of scrimmage and I want them to, I want them to replace that ball because we're going to trap the first man on or pass the center. Okay. So that's, that's what we want to do. And if I can get up the field, I don't care about if they get, if they penetrate because I can always be late with my hands. Okay. So that's a trap pull. Okay. If I'm running belly or I'm running counter, I teach them the same way because I'm going to, I'm going to tell you why it comes from two different areas. But but my counter and and my and my belly, I teach them the same same way. I, I I teach vertical alignment. What I mean by vertical alignment is is the helmet of, of my center and the back uh, his belt loop is where my guards are. My guards helmets are at the belt loop of a center. And what I want them to do is why I want to do that is is because whenever I pull, I don't want to get into that into that mesh. 
into that problem. And, and uh, the, well, it's hard for my, my, my quarterbacks to figure it out because we got we to gotta have that vertical alignment to get there. So if my helmet's at the belt loop of that center, I want to take a clear step because that center's got a black back for me. If it's, if it's a one, three, or a four eye, I don't care. And I'm going to tell you that people tell you, well, you can't black back on a three eye, three technique. You can't? Okay. That means you're not practicing hard enough. You can get it done. And if, you, if that little five, six, 165 pound center can do it, my guy that's, that's, you know, my guy that I had this year was six foot one, 265, and he did it as well. Is you got to come flat down the line of scrimmage, and, and that center's got to come flat down the line of scrimmage, and he's got to look for disaster. What is disaster? If it's penetration, that's the first thing he's got to look for. Danger is if he tries to beat you over the top of the head. And what we're going to do is that first step is got to be, you've got to come flat. That first step of that center's got to be flat because that's a disaster step, okay? If that guy's penetrating, if he's come upfield and you've got to get across and get your helmet on his belt buckle, above his belt buckle, and try to cut him above his waist, because in now Texas you can't cut below the waist unless it's at the, at the, at the point of attack. We want to try to cut that, cut him above his belt buckle and, and then fall into his leg. Some people call that illegal. I call it if you if you run it driving 65 and the speed number 65, it's still legal. If you can hit, you can start penetration. If you can make that contact above the belt loop and then follow the legs, if your first contact's above the waist, that's legal. And I'll I'll, I'll debate any uh, official in America, let them know. And, and, and Army is the one that came up with this. Is they called it belt loop to shoelaces. If you make that contact with the belt loop and then you keep on the shoelaces, that's that's still legal, okay? So now let's get back to the pull, okay? Um, my my counter and my and my belly steps are the same. I want to take a clear step, and if you and if you listen to this clear step, this goes back to my my days learning uh, the wing tee and, and working offensive line from Mel Tenniper at Nebraska when Nebraska was was killing everybody. Okay, Mel Turnover uh, was the number one uh, offensive line coach back in Nebraska's heyday. And if you if you really watch him, his rip reach pull and overtake, stuff that I've stolen from him, I've talked forever, is is I want to I want a clear step because that center, whoever's pull who's blocking back for me is gonna block that way. And you gotta have that clear step because he's gotta have that first step to get through there. Okay. And then what we want to do is we want to climb with that second step. We want to climb towards the line of scrimmage. And then we're going to clear climb and we're going to fan block. Because we're attacking that line of scrimmage, that guy can't beat us inside. Now, sometimes they do. And now what we're going to do is what I like to call the wrong shoulder. If they squeeze hard enough, now you're going to make contact with that, with that inside shoulder. But your path hasn't changed. Your path hasn't changed. He's He's... He squeezed. Now I'm going to hit him with my inside shoulder pad, and that and the physics. If you're coming down with full speed and you're coming as hard as you can, and you're moving as fast as you can, and you hit with your inside shoulder pad, you're automatically going to log that guy. It's just physics. It's when two when two uh, uh, items hit each other, and they you have that 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 angle. You're you're just going to you're going to be able to log that person. And I'm and I've, and I'm a I'm a believer in it is you hit them with the, with the inside shoulder pad and you automatically log. And now I teach the tackle, well, I couldn't see what's going on. Well, then you're too close. Get your splits a little wider. So now you can, you can see what's going on. As you pull, I wanna be on the hip of the, 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 the hip closest to your goal line. I wanna be on his hip so I can read. 
if I'm doing, if I am logging in, if he's gonna log in, then I'm gonna be outside of him because there's no lane for me to get into. Now, if he's able to kick out and you see, now he's he's beat him, beat him, he's climbed the, the line of scrimmage, he's kicked him out with his outside shoulder pad. Now I can see that there's gonna be a gap inside where I can get inside of it. And that comes back to the drill that I learned from Kelly is that half line drill on counter. And so now my kids, I give them a look, okay, you're gonna see him climb the line of scrimmage. Okay, we're gonna kick him out and the, the tackle's inside, finding that outside linebacker, inside linebacker. Okay, well now they squeeze. Well now I squeeze and now my tackle's gonna be around looking for that, that, that linebacker. So they run it, they, they run it drill after drill, you know, boom. I go right side, left side, right side, left side. In, in that 10 minutes, they get probably 30, 30 reps of that. And I actually put the running backs in there as well with them. So I do this pre-practice with just the linemen. And then when we go to our, our periods, our running backs are seeing it. So now they're seeing it. They're, they're getting behind that tackle when he has to get around or he's filling in, he's, he's getting into that, that, that gap so that that, go, that that running back can read behind, behind him and he can see it. So we get all of those guys involved in those reps that helps the running back see where the hole is and understand what, what they're doing. And so whenever they get to the game, it's in slow motion because they've repped it, repped it, repped it, repped it, repped it, okay? So that's that's my that, that's my counter on my belly. Belly, it's, it's just, I'm teaching the same thing. Now, what if they're penetrating and trying to come over the top and trying to make a, make the tackle? What I learned as well, as it doesn't, my path, and this is, a, you talk about young offensive line coaches, teach them this, is you stay on your path. Stay on your path no matter what. You clear climb fan and trying to attack that line of scrimmage. If he penetrates too much up the field, you can always be late with your hands because all you got to do is get a piece of them with your hands. That back is going to be able to get inside because he's penetrated too far up the field. And I, I'm a big believer in that, in that. And because what's what what's the number one thing that running, that uh, that offensive linemen do? If that defensive end comes up the field and he changes his path, what does the what does the defensive end do? He jumps back inside and makes a tackle, makes you look silly. Well, if you attack that line of scrimmage, he doesn't have that. He doesn't have that right. So now, if he tries to get back inside, you're going to kick him out. If he tries to if he tries to come up the field, you can be late with your hands. You can always be late with your hands. So I, I tell that to, to Belly in my counter. I never change that and never, and never uh, uh, deviate from that. Clear, climb, fan. Clear the center's block back for you. Climb the line of scrimmage and then fan block when you try to kick out. Okay, power. Power is all skip pull. And I and I teach the skip pull. This summer, uh, we, we teach the, the, the skip pull. We want to keep our shoulders uh, aligned to the, to the line of scrimmage because we're going to try to identify that one linebacker. Um, our running backs had a real good job, and, and and I wish I could take credit for it. But when you have when you have talented kids in the backfield, they just make you look good. You know, I, I <laughs> I've had running backs that are not as talented. You know, God bless their soul. But when you have a guy that back there that makes you look good no matter what, but if he can follow that 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 lineman and he has his shoulder square and and he can get up on that linebacker and, and that that same rule I tell you by on the skip pull is when I teach the drill is I do, I do two whistles. The first whistle starts the drill. Second whistle, they get, they, they, I'm sorry. They get on that, they find that linebacker, they hit him. And now I drive, I drive for five. I blow that whistle after five seconds. I'll even count one, two, three, four, five, and blow the whistle. They get, no, they get used to that five seconds. If I stay with my block for five seconds, that running back's gonna be through the hole. And our running backs will come over sometimes and pre-practice and, and get with our, with our linemen. And when they work their skip pull, 
we'll have a guy that steps up in there in a gap or b gap and we take him which way and the back's got to come off come off of that uh, off of that box but we uh we we teach the skip pull i, I skip pull the power and the counter is is i trap I, what i call a a, a a trap pull and and we'll i call them that those two things uh the trap is a little different because it's a little more up the field. I want to get a little more field because it happens with an inside uh, inside defensive tackle. So, so I don't know if I explained it as well to you, uh, but but that's that's how we do it. Perfect, coach. That's great detail. Like I said, I love podcasts where I can just literally ask a question and I get a twenty minute answer. That's perfect. That that yeah. means, that means I've I've done my good job at picking good guests. Um, yeah. Now I got two questions left for you um, before we go. Um, one, I, I don't know if you could talk about it because um, there's rules. Because um, I know you spent some time in the slot T, and I know how those people react uh, to certain things when you say anything. Um, I may not currently live in Texas, but I am well aware of the 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 mafia as, as we call them. Um, but I know you have some good stories. Is there anything you could say on your time on the slot T? Like obviously, I got a, I got a, I got a couple of things. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna teach you. Uh, I'm gonna. I don't know if you've ever seen this, but this is the Ten Commandments of the Slot T. Thou shalt have only one offense and no other offense before the Slot T. <laughs> Number two, thou shalt run the offense the way it was passed down from your ancestor, Rabbi Bush. Anyone who runs it differently shall be shunned by the true Slot T family. <laughs> Number three, thou shalt have offensive linemen in four-point stances and flip for straight. Uh. A 200 series play cannot cannot be run the first play of the scrimmage because it's on two, and your your lineman will jump off sides. Um, number five, thou shalt attempt 18 passes per game. 16 of those will be during pregame warmups. Uh, 16 uh, number uh, uh, rule number six, peanut must be run to, by thine to thine sideline and by every sub varsity team at least once a game. Uh, shall not thou shall not covet spread offenses and their versatility and statistics. Thou shalt never take a snap in the gun, in the shotgun. Uh, thou shalt pick the smallest and fastest back to run eight hole reverse and three two eight. And thou shalt not share the secrets of the slot T system with anyone not in the faith. So uh, those are the the ten rule the ten commandments of the slot T. Yeah, I put that on Facebook whenever Bruce Bush retired. And I think there was 550 comments. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was just nuts how that came out. Um, okay. You, I, I told you about this story. I'm going to share it with everybody is the first year I went, I, I left PSG Memorial. I, I was the offensive coordinator there for seven years. I, that was the longest place I've ever been. I was there for nine. The guy, the guy that I was working for was a wing T guy, learned it from West Texas and he became the AD admission. And I applied for the head coaching job, and and in in their in their uh, brilliance, they didn't hire me. But uh, I went to go work for Bruce Bush, and so you know I worked. I, I got hired with him the, the week before uh, 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 spring break, and and uh, so I was with him for that rest of that year. We went through spring ball, and Bruce Bush spring ball spring trainings is he says 18 practices in 31 days. He don't need 31 days. Man, we we would go we would go Thursday, Friday, Monday through Saturday, Monday through Saturday, Monday through like Friday, and we're done. I mean, I mean, he grinded uh, off a, uh, a spring ball. 
you know, these these guys that do spring ball Monday, Tuesday, we're going to take Wednesday off, and they're going to go back out on Thursday, and then, all right, see you all next week. No, Bruce would give him, he would grind his team in in in, uh, in three weeks to get it done. And, uh, well, anyway, so I'm with her with the spring ball, and then, and then summer comes, and, and we had the weight room. This is before we had uh, a sports specific. And he says, okay, boys, we're going to, to coaching school. Well, the slot team meeting is going to be at, at Texas State. I was like, okay. And, I, you know, I'm thinking, uh, you know, there was probably going to be, you know, eight or ten guys here or whatever. So we go, to, we go, to, we go there, and we're at Texas State. Bruce, Bruce's son is working there, the guy that's the head coach at UTRGV now. His son, uh, Travis, was was at Texas State at that time, and he gave us the big meeting room there, and it's packed. I mean, I, I was like, I walked in there being the other offensive line coach, walked in there, and we were like, dude, we're going to learn some, we're going to learn some slot T today, man. So I brought my notebook, and, you know, and Bruce gets up there, he's talking to everybody. Okay, anybody want to share anything? Well, silence. Nobody <laughs> wants to share nothing. Like, nobody wants to share nothing. And we're like, you know, of course, if if I'm sitting in the crowd and it's Bruce Bush up there talking, I mean, I probably wouldn't want to share anything because I want to look stupid. Well, so I'm sitting here thinking like, like you know, I got my notebook. I'm ready to, to write some stuff up and learn some from these guys that have been running forever, you know. And Bruce says, okay, well, um, we're going to break up. We'll have the group go over here with Coach Duty and we're going to learn. He's going to teach you eight-hole reverse and, and you go over here with Louie. He's going to teach you three, two, eight. And, and then you guys can switch. And I was like, I looked at Louie and said, we came here to learn, man. We didn't come here to teach. And, and there I am teaching guys that have been running this forever. I'm teaching them. I'm, I'm drawing up eight-hole reverse. And, and and just like I'm telling you how we're going to – we're gonna back then we could cut. We could cut. I mean, we were nasty. I, I had I had guards back then that were like lawnmowers, man. And and I'm, I'm going to tell you something we used to – a drill that we used to do, and, and nobody can do it anymore because nobody can cut. But I'm not gonna lie to you, man. We get in that cage, and seven and a half minutes, the, the they they'd be over there with the, with a the sled, and seven and a half minutes they would be in the cage, and we'd run sweep drill all day long, and I'd have those guys cut those 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 stand up dummies, and those red balls and kicking them out, and we were nasty. I mean, those guards would get out there and they would just cut. I mean, the first thing they hit the ground was their helmet, and there you could see their cleats up in the air six feet. They'd cut them, and, and this is back in the day when we could cut, and and we could, and you teach that 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 backside tackle across the field and go find that safety, and he'd cut him as well. Uh, uh, just be nasty, um, you know. Whenever you work for Bruce, you whenever you're running, you know Bruce did did pods before they were pods, but he did team pods because he was it was pretty simple the way he ran it. He ran first, the first 15 minutes of practice was ICBNT, uh, isometric uh, blocking and tackling. Everybody on the team, every, every assistant coach there was coaching blocking, base block, down block. I'm talking about core, I'm talking about quarterbacks, receivers, everybody. Everybody taught basic blocking. Everybody taught basic tackling. I'm, I'm the offensive line coach. And I'm coaching my offensive line guys and I'm teaching tackling to him. We did that for 15 minutes, three periods a day. And then, and then we do trap drill, sweep drill, pass drill. And then they go to defense. We get the JV and do the same thing with them. And then we get back and run team for 20 minutes at the end. But whenever we ran drills, we had three, 
three uh, pop-up dummies and we'd wear those out because you had to drag them off the field so they could mow the grass. And, and everybody was assigned. If you were going downfield, you had to, you had to go and you had to get off your feet and cut that dummy every drill, every play. And uh, we drill that and, 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 you know, if you blew the whistle and that somebody wasn't on their feet, that play didn't happen and we'd have to run it again. And they'd get pissed off and say, okay, so you had to be running and you're downfield. You're going to, you're going to, uh, don't let your guy cross your face and you're hauling butt downfield and cutting one of those, those, those pop-up dummies. And, uh, you know, that slot T, you know, we, we played it in the first round, the second round this year, we played against Liberty Hill and they're pretty good at, at running it. And, uh, they're a pretty disciplined football team and, and, and our, our defense, we had a hard time, uh, stopping them, but, they weren't the only ones, uh, everybody that they played until they, they got to the, I think the semifinals they, they lost this year, but, uh, they were pretty damn good at it. And, uh, it, it is a disciplined offense and, uh, it is, it is, it's not easy to coach because it's, it's, there's a lot of rules to it and a lot of discipline to it, but it, it is effective when you can get kids to, to buy into it and, and run it. They, they, it's tough. It's tough, the, the the misdirection that they run, and and uh, the, you know you got to have a quarterback that can deal the cards, and uh, and uh, if they if they run it right, it's it's hard to to pinpoint what they do because they do it such a good way, and and Liberty Hill, I mean they run it a lot of scrimmage, get set, and they run that play, you can't even, you know, see is that back a little deeper than where you know he trying to run eight overs, is the halfback a little deeper, he's trying to run three forty nine. It's it's tough to read. I mean, even guys that have been experienced with me, you know, as me, it's hard to to to, to look at because they run it so fast and they run it so disciplined and they they do a real good job. Well, I think, but uh, but go ahead. I've never coached in it or coached against it, but like when you watch it on YouTube or watch a video, of, like they get to the line so quick. So even if you can tell what they're in, like you you don't have time to adjust. There's not there's not a chance in hell you're adjusting. Like it just. It's just so like I mean by time from breaking the huddle to snapping the ball, it's like less than six seconds. But you're not getting it ain't happening. You know I I I worked I worked with a head coach that was a defensive coordinator guy and he's he's now the he was the offensive coordinator there at at Veterans this past year Mike Evans, and he told me that for him to properly defend him he was watching huddle mechanics. Because what he would do is, is he would watch if that tackle was bumping over to the other side in the huddle, because he knew that if that tackle was moving over, it was tackle over. And so he had, because they knew that they were coming to the line and getting set so fast, he had to work, he had to break down huddle mechanics to have, to give his chance, his kids a chance to understand, hey, this is, you're running tackle over to your side. And so, uh, uh, so that's an interesting thing talking to someone outside of the, the slot team mafia, how they're going to defend it. And, and uh, the huddle mechanics of figuring out how they're breaking the huddles tells you, you know, if that slot is coming over to this side, that means they're running, they're running the double slot or they're running the slot, you know, wide trying to get that corner back out of the way. So now they can run the sweep at you without that corner coming in at force. So he would, he, you know, someone listen to, you listen to someone that's outside of the slot team mafia, how to defend it. You got to break down their huddle huddle mechanics because if you wait for them to come to the line, you're not, you're gonna be too late. So it was interesting to to, to be on the other side with that with, with Mike. Now, now the last question I have for you because you mentioned it when we were talking before, and 
and you played in college in a split back veer. What would you mm-hmm. say the biggest differences between the split back veer is to other option teams? Okay. The split back veer that I ran in college was simplistic. I mean, it was just 88 to the whole. And so I would I be able to tell you that we had a, a great scheme? No, we didn't. And, and even I ran the wishbone in high school. We had three big running backs. We ran the wishbone. And it was just 88 to the whole. Um, coaching from, you know, I, I, want, I don't want to sell out my, my high school coaches nor my college coaches. Um, the detail that we coach now as compared to what they coached in the 80s, it's night and day. I mean, it, it, what we got coached to do in the 80s to what I, how I coach now is, is completely different. I mean, it, it, it is so much more detailed. Um, you know, when I, when, I, when I talk to my kids and when I rep my kids, you know, we played football, we, we played football and we went and played spring ball, but we didn't, we, didn't, we didn't run very much offense before spring football. You know, it was just 88 to the hole. Is everybody zoned to the hole and everybody just climbed like whatever in front of you, you block in front of it. And now is, okay, you know, you're going to veer a, a, a five. You're going to veer underneath the four. You know, you're going to loop a four eye. And, and those, weren't, those weren't things back when I first, when I played. Uh, did we have talented running backs that made us look good? Yeah. And did, did we block people up off the, off the ball? Yeah. But the, what the, the detail that we told that the coaches coach now as compared to back when I played is, is just night and day. And I, and I hate to say that I hate to throw my, my coaches under the bus, but it was, we coach at a, at a much more technical level than, than whenever I got coached in, in, in high school. And that's just the truth. And I think anybody that you asked that, that played in that era will tell you the same thing. Okay. Just curious. Well, coaches, um, give the man a follow on Twitter. Um, like I said, he'll post drills. He'll post, I mean, he's, I mean, he's all over there. Um, and obviously if you have questions for the man, get a hold of him. Like he got back to me pretty quickly, but I mean, he literally has, I mean, as you can tell, he has been involved in some form or facet in virtually every offense ever created. Uh, wishbone, split back veer, slot T, flex bone, um, wing T, spread. Yeah. Is there anything left? I don't. A, a single wing is probably the only thing left that you have. Uh, that sounds like off the top. Single of my head. wing, probably. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's yeah. Um, so yeah. So good. Co- obviously, give coach a follow. Um, this will probably just blow up just because I'll put slot T in the title along with the the flex bone stuff, and I'll probably yeah. several comments. And the, eh, eh, but whatever. Um, but yeah, so give coach a follow. It's the least you do if you have questions for him. Like I said, he's spent a lot hmm. of time on the flex bone. Um, reach out to him. I know he's got a good clinic out there as well. He's done that for a line. I've watched it. It's pretty good. Um, I was actually watching it while I was waiting on my wife's surgery to get done the other day. Um, just sitting there and taking notes and sending stuff out to people. Um, otherwise, like, share, subscribe, all that lovely jazz. Check out um, our sponsor, Coach Pad. Um, And otherwise, that's another episode of the Gap Down Backer podcast.